0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
1: even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
3: 971
2: FM Talk Podcast.
1: The Any Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods.
4: That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone
1: here knows what they're talking about. That's a- Right, you need to take the time and get the full
5: picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they read my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady.
6: What do you want from me? I'm
4: not a married Beth sake, death. Keep your voice down.
2: Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not This is the Annie Fry Show.
1: Biden says he needs Congress uh, to give him the power to do whatever he needs to do to secure the border. The fact is, as we all saw from what President Trump did, The president of the United States has the power. I must emphasize this. Uh, There is an obligation, there are laws uh, in the United States uh, that require the president to deny illegal entry of any illegal immigrant, and then if they do get into the United States, he has a legal obligation to detain those illegal immigrants. Joe Biden is failing at both of those duties, and that's exactly what gives Texas the authority uh, to make sure that we can step up and secure our own border and protect our own, state through self-defense.
4: Texas Governor uh, Abbott talking about what Biden has been saying. Give me the power. That's what he's saying. He needs the, the he needs laws from Congress in order to do what needs to be done. I didn't send this to you last night because I listened to some of it, Brad, and I just I was it made me so like I think I got a rash from listening to it, but it was cringed on Pierre oh, on no. the White House Instagram. And she's talking about how Uh, The the president needed to has needed to do something about this. And this is the bipartisan bill that will get the job done once and for all. And he's been waiting for this to happen for the border. And I was just fit to be tied listening to her. Everything she said was stitched together at the end with what the Republicans in the House Uh need to do. Yeah. That's the only point. That's the only
3: thing they care about.
4: That's and, and it's it's so obvious, and America is seeing it right now. I think like they've never seen it before, how how not well thought out the Democrats' immigration policy has been in a practical sense. Yes, and it's peaking six months too soon. Yeah, well, like the other
3: thing that is too, uh, I like to play this game whenever I watch democrats or republicans but mainly democrats you can tell when the talking points go out especially on twitter because it used to be like you remember when you were in school and somebody would be like hey can i copy your homework and then like the people would be like well yeah but just change it a little bit so the teacher doesn't know mm-hmm. they don't do that anymore it's just like out and out out there they just you could count the tweets that are just word for word copy and paste of whatever the talking points that went out do were. you ever copy
4: those and actually search those I do that. Oh,
3: I've never done that before. You, if,
4: yeah, if you see if you see something a phrase be repeated consistently enough to where you're like, okay, yeah, you copy that phrase and you put it into the search bar in Twitter and just watch the results oh come in as to how many people have or bots. I don't yeah. really understand bots. I wish I understood bots more. Like in my mind, I I know that there are bots on Twitter, mm-hmm. but in my mind, it's it's so. It's so it's like so much more of an idea than a something that you can obviously put your finger on because I see people I've had people accuse me of being a Bob before. I'm like, <laughs> I am not a robot. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just you don't when, when you see those consistencies and responses, the the point of that consistency is there's a political end that they are working towards. They are pushing towards a political result. And that's all that matters. And listen, have you ever heard of the ends justify the means in, 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 in ethics and in philosophy where you know what you got to get to and you're willing to do whatever yeah. you have to do to get it done? This is what they're willing to do to get to the end where these people come into this country. And the Republicans are the ones who want to send them home, and the Democrats are the ones who want to keep them here. And that's as far as they've thought this out, that these people are going to be voting Democrat once they get the power to vote in our elections. So whatever it takes. And you know this because the gaslighter, who is the president of the United States, keeps saying BS like this.
6: You need help. You Why won't they give you the help? All the a sudden, now... About the out of control.
4: Well, it's hard to understand him because he's also senile. But anyway, he is saying we need the help. Why won't they give me the help? And when he says they, he's just talking about the Republicans in the House. There are Democrats in the Senate who are not loving this bill that what this bipartisan border bill. Now did, were you able to hear at all Brian Kilmeade's interview with Senator Lankford? I did not get to hear that. Lankford was walking through the bill. He presents the bill in a way that is much more palatable than the hot takes that you're seeing on Twitter. And he is presenting a lot of things. He said there is zero amnesty in this bill. When I'm listening to Senator Lankford explain this bill and what it is, he refers to it as a starter bill. He says it will come out of committee if it can get out of committee and then they will go through an amendment process. And he goes, there's a whole host of things in this bill that I would like to have amended. He's a Republican. It's a bipartisan bill. There are going to be things as a compromise. There are going to be things in this bill that people like and there are going to be things that people hate. And I'd highly recommend you check out that Brian. I was thinking to myself, like, am I allowed to re-air an entire interview from Brian Kilming? I'll, I'll direct you to his podcast um, to check that out. But Senator Langford, when he was explaining himself, he he explains it in a way that is understandable and to me still has me thinking, no, I wouldn't vote in favor of this bill because it doesn't do enough. And here's the big question. Uh, Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas, who is going to be impeached in the House soon, we have Congresswoman Mary Miller on in about 12 minutes from right now to talk about that impeachment vote and why she believes Uh, it is necessary to impeach Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for his abdication of his responsibility. This is my question. How many laws do we have on the books right now for our southern border that aren't being enforced? How many laws are being broken right now because the White House and this administration has instructed people not to follow the laws that are on the books and through executive order modified the process? There are a lot. The, the 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 laws exist on the books right now to keep this crisis from being the crisis that it is. I'm not saying that there isn't more that could be done because I would almost certainly want to go even further in our border control to make sure that the people who come here passionately love America for what America is and they want to assimilate into America. They want to be a part of what America is, not come to America to change who America is. Those laws exist on the books. So when you listen to President Biden repeatedly say, give me the power, pass the bill, put this bill on my desk and I'll sign it. When you continue to hear him say, pass a law that I can sign so that we can fix this problem. What about the laws that have been passed that we are just choosing not to abide by? And what would stop President Biden from going through whatever gets passed right now and through executive order modifying the process that takes place in the southern border to something that is more favorable to him. He does not respect the law of the land. He does not respect the American people who the uh, government serves. He does not respect the Constitution and the sovereignty that is the United States of America. If he did, those 94 executive orders that he signed in his first 100 days to undo Donald Trump's border policy, he wouldn't have done. Or if he thought, this is politically advantageous, I'll go through and sign these executive orders. This is what people want. Everything anti-wall. Let's go there. Donald Trump had a few, a few very specific things, too, that I can think of off the top of my head. Build the wall, drain the swamp. That's what Donald Trump was synonymous with in his 2016 victory to become the president of the United States. And and Joe Biden has effectively expanded the bureaucracy to attack the people who are his enemies. And when it comes to build the wall, border security, control of our sovereign southern border, he blew it to pieces. He took policy by policy by policy that Donald Trump had put into place to tighten our border. And he undid it and he did it by himself which really should show you that he is the one squarely to blame for the crisis that this has ballooned into. Send him packing in November. At this point, he absolutely deserves it. And Secretary Mayorkas, who is facing impeachment in the House, boy, is he a whiner about what what is transpiring, saying it's unfair, saying it's there's no constitutional authority, to go through this process. Let's listen to Steve Scalise react.
0: To the it. Secretary uh, Mayorkas DHS uh, is expected. You guys are gonna do a vote as early as today. Uh, what are the tea leaves on that?
1: Yeah, that vote's gonna happen this evening around six o'clock.
5: Uh, Secretary Mayorkas, the case has been made very strongly that he should be impeached. Uh, Chairman Green and his Homeland Security Committee members have laid this case out over months. Yeah.
1: Uh, and these are many different times where the secretary's come before the committee, made false statements. How many
2: times has he said the border secure or given other statements to the committee that just don't mesh up with the facts? Yeah. And ultimately, he's got a job to secure our nation. He's failed miserably. That's
1: why it's risen to this yeah. level of. He's impeachment. just not
0: doing his job.
4: You know, Brad, impeachment is there for people who are not Doing their job or who mm. are actively working against the service that they're supposed to be providing to the American people. And we've watched impeachment be thrown around a lot. Yes. I mean, I remember when Bill Clinton was impeached. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to know as a mm, 12 year old, maybe when that was happening to go back and realize that he was impeached for lying to, to Congress. Yeah. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's not what I that's not what I recall. Uh, They throw that word around and they have they have gotten us to a place where it's a political endeavor only. But we actually have a scenario where the detriment of Alejandro Mayorkas and what he is doing to this country and not doing his job that he is supposed to serve the American people in doing so. I think he deserves to be impeached. We're going to speak with Congresswoman Mary Miller here in uh, a little bit, but the president of the United States is speaking right now, I think, on this border deal. Brad, let's pop this in and listen to what the president is having to say right now from the White House.
6: It's long past time to fix it. That's why months ago I instructed my team to begin negotiations with a bipartisan group of senators to seriously and finally fix our immigration system. For months now, that's what they've done working round the clock through the holidays, over the weekends, it's been an extraordinary effort by Senators Lankford, Murphy, and Sinema. The result of all this hard work is a bipartisan agreement that represents the most fair, humane reforms in our immigration system in a long time, and the toughest set of reforms to secure the border ever. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't — even though it helps the, the, the country, he's not for it. He'd rather weaponize this issue than actually solve it. So, for the last 24 hours, he's done nothing, I'm told, but reach out to Republicans in the House and the Senate and threaten them and try to intimidate them to vote against this proposal. And it looks like they're caving. Frankly, they owe it to the American people to show some spine and do what they know to be right. So I want to tell the American people what's in this bill and why everyone from the Wall Street Journal to the Border Patrol to the Chamber of Commerce, the United States Chamber of Commerce, support this bill. Because it's going to make the country safer, make the border more secure, treat people more humanely and and freely and fairly and make legal immigration more efficient and consistent with the values of our nation and our international treaty obligations. It would finally provide the funding that I have repeatedly, repeatedly requested, most recently in October, to actually secure the border. That includes an additional 1,500 border agents and officers to secure the border, to physically secure it. In addition, 100 cutting-edge machines, to detect and stop fentanyl at the southwest border. We have that capacity. An additional 100 additional immigration judges to help reduce the year-long asylum backlog. You show up for asylum and the judge is supposed to talk to you. It takes a year to get that discussion going. This bill would also establish new, efficient, and fair process for the government to consider an asylum claim for those arriving at the border. Today, the process can take five to seven years, as you all know. They show up at the border, get a bracelet, told them to come back when called, five to seven years not in-country. That's too long, and it's not rational. With the new policies in this bill and the additional of 4,300 more asylum officers who spend hours, I might add, with each immigrant to consider their claims whether they qualify, will be able to reduce that process to six months, not five to seven years. This bipartisan bill will also expedite work permits so those who are here and who qualify can begin work more quickly. That's something that our governors, our mayors, and our business leaders have been asking me for and asking them for. All across the country, they've been asking for this. It will also create more opportunities for families to come together for business, to hire additional workers. And for the first time in 30 years, the first time in 30 years, this bipartisan legislation increases the number of immigrant visas for people legally, legally able to come to this country through ports of entry. And it ensures, for the first time, that vulnerable, unaccompanied young children have legal representation at the border. This bill would also give me, as President, the emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. The numbers are talking over 5,000 people trying to get in one day. The bill — if the bill were law today, it would qualify to be shut down right now while we repair it. Bottom line is, this bipartisan bill is a win for America because it makes important fixes to our broken immigration system. And it's the toughest, fairest law that's ever been proposed relative to the border. Now, it doesn't address everything I'd like uh, that I wanted. For example, we still need a path of documentation for those who are already here. And we're not walking away from true immigration reform, including permanent protections and a pathway to citizenship for young dreamers who came here when they were children and who have been good citizens and contribute so much to our country. But the reforms in this bill are essential for making our border more orderly, more humane, and more secure. That's why the Border Patrol Union, which by the way endorsed Donald Trump in the 2020 election, endorses this bill. These are the people whose job it is to secure the border every single solitary day. They don't just show up for photo ops like some members of Congress. They're there to do their job. This is the risk, the thing they many of them risk their lives doing every single day. And they decided. They decided. the Border Patrol decided. This gives them the tools they need to do the job more personnel across the board. It's also why the U.S. Chamber of Commerce endorsed this bill, because they know this bill is not just good for the border, it's also good for American business and for the American economy. And it's why The Wall Street Journal endorsed the bill, with the headline this morning which reads, quote, a border security bill worth passing. The Senate has reforms Trump never came close to getting. That's the quote from the journal. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught, a brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes. Without new aid, Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, — air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. Ukrainians are fighting bravely. You know, you've many of you I look around the room here have followed me in this for a long time. I pulled together a coalition of over 50 nations to support them, on the phone, talking to these leaders. Are you, we unified NATO. Remember when we first came to office? NATO was in — well, they're all together. And actually, increased the size of NATO. We can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing this bill is playing into his hands. As I've said before, the stakes on this fight extend well beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself to just Ukraine and the costs for America and our allies and partners will rise. For those Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. The position of the MAGA Republicans can be characterized by the New York Times headline. First — and this is the headline. It reads, Trump first, Putin second, America third. That cannot pertain. This bipartisan agreement also provides Israel with what it needs to protect its people and defend itself against Hamas terrorists. And it will provide the necessary life-saving, humanitarian assistance for the Palestinian people. By opposing this bill, they're denying aid to the people who are really suffering and desperately need help. You know, there's more work to get this done over the finish line. And I want to be clear, doing nothing is not an option. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. We're seeing statements about how many oppose the bill now. Look, I understand the former president is desperately trying to stop this bill because it's not — he's not interested in solving the border problem. He wants a political issue to run against me I've all but said that across the board. No one really denies that that I'm aware of. The American people want a solution that puts an end to the empty political rhetoric which has failed to do anything for so long. We have to get the resources to the border to get the job done. So, Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems, or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? I know my answer. I serve the American people. I'm here to solve problems. It was just months ago that Republicans were asking for this exact bill to deal with the border, to provide support for Ukraine and Israel, and now, and now it's here, and they're saying, never mind, never mind, folks. We've got to move past this toxic politics. It's time to stop playing games with the world waiting and watching. And, by the way, the world is waiting. The world is watching. They are waiting and watching what we're going to do. We can't let — we can't continue to let petty partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility. We're a great nation. It's not acting like a great nation. So, I'm calling on Congress to pass this bill. Get it to my desk immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country, and the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. (laughs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. I'm almost like this. We have to remember who, in God's name, we are. We're the United States of America. You've heard me say it many times. There's nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together. We're right on the verge of doing it together. I hope, I hope and pray they find reason to reconsider blowing this up. May God bless you all. May God protect our troops. Folks, you're going to ask me questions. Hang on a second. I'm going to be back on Thursday. I don't want to prejudice what may be going on in negotiations now. So I'm not going to be answering any questions of this. I'll be back Thursday to stand here with you and answer all the questions you want about this issue. Thank you. This indirectly has a lot to do with the hostage deal and what's going on in the Middle East, the decision on what we do relative to Israel decision what we do in terms of American funding of whether we're going to engage with the situation in Ukraine. It all goes to the question of American power. It all goes to, uh, does America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement, there's been, a response from the the, — there's been a response from the opposition. But um, it — yes, I'm sorry — from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now.
1: Mr. President, if this bill fails, would you consider supporting something separate that just addresses Israel or Ukraine?
6: I'm not going to concede that now. We need it all. The rest of the world's looking at us, and they really are.
4: And he's walking away right now. Uh, president Biden speaking from the White House. We wanted to carry that for you. I know it's not exactly like your favorite thing to listen to in many cases, but it's important that we hear what the president has to say. And he, the, the takeaway here, and this is really what the Biden administration wants you to know, is that if this doesn't pass, The border is unsecure because of Donald Trump. That is the takeaway. Yeah, you're laughing. I I am laughing. Yes.
3: I, I don't know. I'm crazy, right? But I was told for three years that Donald Trump wasn't the president, despite all the conspiracy theories that I've heard, and that Joe Biden is the actual president. So everything that has started, and you talked about this yesterday, where you could put a pin in the graph. Since I think it was January Mm -hmm. 20th, 2021 was when he signed these executive orders. You could put a pin in that graph and everything's gone up. But he's been president, but it's Donald Trump's fault that I haven't done anything about the border. What a load of bologna sausage.
4: Yes, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. It makes me mad. (laughs) It makes me so mad. I bet it makes you mad, too. But what are we going to do about it? We're going to move Congresswoman Mary Miller to, I think, 125, as long as she's not actually voting to impeach Mayorkas, maybe, at that time, which we don't know. Uh, we wanted to take the president. We think that's the right, uh, correct thing to do here, so we did. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, maybe an extended version of Wiggins America. Ryan's back, so uh, make sure you join us on the AntiFry Fry YouTube channel, and welcome Ryan back to the studio. And uh, we'll get to the rest of it, man. Jim Carafano at one o'clock as well. We'll see what he has to say about all of this. Back in a minute. Don't go away.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
4: Welcome back to the Any Fry Show. We just got done listening to the President of the United States say that there's only one person to blame if the border isn't secured, and that is effectively Donald Trump. And I am not lying. That's actually what the President just said. And nobody... I don't don't think that it... I really don't believe that people are going to believe that. I don't think it's going to sell this time. I cannot wait to hear what the left-wing media... <laughs> Flailing a coaster around in here, I don't know why. What the left wing media does to spin it, they can't blame yeah. Trump. You might try; to, they might get away with a little bit of gaslighting on blaming Republicans, but you cannot get away with blaming this on <laughs> Trump. Oh my gosh, it's infuriating. Should we do Wiggins America?
3: Yeah, let's do Wiggins America. Let's do Wiggins. America.
4: Wiggins, oh Wiggins!
5: Oh man, how are you feeling? Fine. Pretty good. Let's go. Okay, good, because I'm I'm just getting there. So, bear with me. But I've got a bunch of research here on the way Americans are feeling about different topics, different very very random topics, by the way. The first one, I want to see if you guys are you know in the minority majority here. Do you think that aliens live among us? No, no. You're a no. You're a, I'm hard, a, no. I'm a hard no. Hard no. That was a quick no. The majority of Americans agree with you. So you guys are in the majority, as I am as well. 41% – actually, I guess it's not a total majority, but we're, the biggest percent. We're talking about extraterrestrials. We're talking right? about Extraterrestrial aliens. 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 Uh, illegal aliens. Yes. So not They're illegal everywhere. aliens. I yeah. see
4: them everywhere.
5: <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Do you believe there are illegal aliens in the United States?
4: <laughs> so like, Do you I even listen to 97.1, bro? <laughs>
5: <laughs> we just aired a whole speech on it. We can't even decide whose fault it is, but everybody agrees it's a problem. Um, 37% say yes. 37% of Americans feel that aliens do live among us present here on earth right now. Gosh, that is more than one in three Americans believe that 41% say no, no way. And there's still 22% that are unsure. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. So that's the first one that I thought I need to bring this to you guys to find out whether I'm crazy or not, because I don't really believe aliens live among us. Leah's joining us. Answer that question before we move on. Did you hear that? Yeah. Do you believe aliens live among us?
4: Sure. Yeah.
5: You, oh, you're in the... Okay.
4: Like, like extraterrestrial
5: Extraterrestrial yeah. <laughs> We established.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah. 37% agree with you. That okay. Extra tra- now, are they... Do they look like us? Or are they hiding somewhere in the earth and they're, they don't look like us?
4: I don't know.
5: Well, I'm, I'm asking whether you think that... Like, which one do you believe? If you believe that they are here.
4: I'm gonna say they don't look like they us. don't.
5: So they're here, they're somewhere, yeah. they're deep in the Pacific Ocean somewhere sure. hiding. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's <Okay>. pretty
4: specific. <laughs> <laughs> or Pacific.
5: Yeah. All right. Next one.
4: Can we get can we not talk about that anymore?
5: Yeah, we can we can move on. Let's do it. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, do you have any sort of game day rituals? For sports.
4: I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ibuprofen.
5: <laughs> okay. I mean just watching a game, not that you're playing it. Just watching um, a game.
4: No. I like I said just, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> not not for 22 years
5: I'm,
3: I'm 40. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah nice does, blanket cozy pillow good nap I was gonna say just turning
3: the TV on count uh no
5: that does uh, not count
3: that's not a ritual because I've never watched a cardinals
5: game on TV without turning the TV on first mm. ooh man I mean that's a great point do you have any game day rituals?
4: I don't I guess no. I'm the only one that like competes or does anything no, but I, I play don't softball Okay, well. But I don't have any rituals no. for and that a, either. And, I'm really and a quote, more- I guess I'm the only one who competes or does anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no.
5: No, these are great quotes.
4: I, I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> we can edit them creatively. I think you should actually. <laughs> edit these creatively <laughs> to she make it. She also
4: eats well and takes care of herself. Yes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Put them all together in a montage. Be like, here's what Leah thinks of the Annie Fry Show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> you should totally do that. Um, <laughs> it's up to you, though. Uh, so I'm talking more about watching sports here than I am playing or getting ready for your own competitions. I definitely, when I was younger, I I, I wouldn't necessarily have anything particular that I would do, but I did when I was watching, you, you said the Cardinals, I don't know what it was when I would watch the Cardinals in big games, especially, I'd almost feel like if I did something wrong, I was affecting the game, knowing full well that that was stupid.
4: Theology of glory.
5: Anyway. <laughs> wait, wait! Explain.
2: No, I, there's no time. There's no, there we don't no have time. time. Okay.
4: My dad's listening, and I got extra credit today. So go on. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, there's like 14 Lutherans right now going yes. I mean that's <laughs> that's, that's why Sweden? you think.
5: What is theology of glory? Uh, almost theology half. Forty-eight percent say that they attend a Super Bowl party for food and drink only. 40%? 40, almost half. 49%. Is this the answer to the... No, no, no. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying some other stats before Random we get distance. to the main one here about the Super Bowl. Because the one that stood out the most of people's game rituals, things that they do particularly for their teams... Underwear. ...all have to do with food. The biggest ones have to do with food. And a poll of 2,000 sports fans found that 44% of them have superstitions that have to do with food. So they put a list together of all these fans of which foods were considered good luck and which foods were considered bad luck to serve at the Super Bowl or really any <sighs> any game. So if you want to try, I've got the top 20 good luck game day foods and the top 20 bad luck game day foods. Any guesses? Chicken wings have to be a yeah. good luck food. Chicken wings are number six on the good luck game. Nachos are good luck food. Nachos are a good luck food. They're 14.
4: What about like uh, burgers? Good luck?
5: Burgers are way up there, Leah. Number three. Okay. Veggie tray is bad luck food.
4: Yeah. <laughs> veggie, tray,
5: veggie tray barely makes the good luck food. Oh, foods. bologna oh, sausage. Wow. Anybody have any? Actually, chicken wings is also on the bad luck one. So... <laughs> I guess there's some crossover. Uh, Very few crossover, but that one does. Any that you are like, I'm pretty sure that one will be on the bad luck.
4: What constitutes a food being bad luck?
5: It's just occurring in the survey.
4: Is there a dessert on there?
5: (laughs) There is not really. What are pasties?
4: That's (laughs) what you put over your nipples so that you can't see them through your shirt. That's what I
5: thought. (laughs) Do you
4: mean Pastries?
5: Maybe the survey- Is it a typo? Did, yeah, maybe they- Because I kept looking at it going, what's a
4: pasty? Oh, it would be incredibly bad luck if you ate those. Ew. I would I would agree. Pasties? So let's assume
5: pastry is what they meant.
4: Let's just assume. <laughs> Pasties.
5: I didn't want to let is, my mind go this, there. I, this
4: is my favorite question to ask you. Yeah. Where is this from?
5: Uh, this is from the Indiana Gazette. <laughs>
4: Think I I'm gonna make tr- a reel of trust this. Trust that more. <laughs> <laughs> the Indiana so you- Gazette was like, we thought we finally made it. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't spell check pasties? <laughs> Pastries. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna Google pasties and see if it's a food. <laughs> I'm gonna make a reel of this.
5: Uh, don't Google pay. Well, I guess you can. I don't care. <laughs>
4: P-A-S-T-Y? P-A-S-T-I-E-S.
5: Uh P-A-S-T-I-E-S. Pasties. Uh,
4: pasty. Yeah. Or pasty. Safe search on. I don't have to do a safe search is my computer, it is a British baked pastry, a traditional variety of which is particularly associated with Cornwall, Southwest England. But it looks like, a, like an empanada with savory food in it. So it's a food. It's also a food.
5: Uh, yeah, I just don't know if that's what they meant. I really <laughs> don't.
4: Hunter said <laughs> handheld meat pie.
5: Handheld meat pie would mm-hmm. be what that is.
4: Yeah. Okay. I don't
5: know if the British foods are really making it to our game days, though.
4: This uh, looks like it'd be a yummy British food or game day food. Yeah, you described it. It's a handheld like, food. It sounds like a hot pocket. Again, what does this have to do with tra- Top traditions? 20 good
5: good luck game day foods? I'll just give you the top few here. Pizza, hot dogs, burgers, chips, popcorn, chicken wings, ice cream, chicken sliders are all the top good luck foods if you're looking to cheer on a particular team. Now, you want to stay away from deviled eggs, garlic bread, salsa and queso dip also ice cream, chicken wings, mozzarella sticks and mini burgers. Forget that. <laughs> so, it's the size of the burger that matters. Just a couple other surveys to go through here, just like random stuff about where America stands on some of these issues. Have you ever ended a relationship over a poor de- for poor financial decision?
4: What? Like
5: Yeah, like one of you made a bad purchase or financial decision, no. especially a big one.
4: We've all been married for so long. Yeah, I don't know.
5: It's hard to remember. Yeah, I think. Leah? No. No, no. Two in five have. So 40% of Americans have ended a relationship over a bad financial choice. The other very strange thing that came out of this survey, and this is more about relationships and money, is that every area in the country responded that they look for someone a little bit different than themselves, like opposites attract when they're looking for a spouse or somebody to date other than in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) So everywhere in the country was higher for opposites attract, except the Midwest, where only one in five seek somebody who's very, very different than themselves. you don't necessarily want an opposite.
3: You want a compliment somebody who f- kind of completes who you are as a person. Where you're weak, they're strong. Where you're strong, they're weak. But that doesn't mean like you're opposite of one
4: Jared another. Jared and I couldn't be more opposite and the same at the same time.
5: Mm-hmm. Complimentary. Mm-hmm. You know what? Now that you say that, that's probably me and Katie too. Uh, we, we have a lot in common. The big stuff's in common. But Your the principles. little stuff, we're very, very different on. Last one before we get to the top of the hour here. What percentage of Americans own stock? Do you own stock? Yes. Yes? Yes? Leah?
4: Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the answer. No.
5: No. Okay. Uh, because, you know, you could own, like, a mutual fund or, or be a part of, like, a retirement thing here or Does whatever. Does sound
4: it like... Anything I would do.
5: I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I think they offer it. So, (laughs) um, so Gallup says that sixty-one percent of Americans own stock right now. It's the highest it's ever been, and you know the lowest it's ever been, twenty sixteen when Donald Trump took office. Sold out. Everybody started buying stock when he came into office. So it's the highest it's ever been right now, and that concludes. All of these crazy different polls and things that I found today here on your Tuesday. From the Indiana Gazette. From, well, that one,
4: <laughs> just those ones, are from the
5: Indiana Gazette. So there you go.
4: Lucky foods?
5: Lucky foods. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, just so you know, if you're hosting a party or you have something you want to take to a party, don't take garlic bread and deviled eggs.
4: But what if you want a team to lose? Can you, like, hack some? Ooh. Uh, what are we now? What? You're
5: now you're talking 3D chess. This is
4: a completely different. I don't think you reported this right. Are we talking about getting lucky with foods? Because then maybe not the garlic bread.
5: Get, no, no, <laughs> I, I'm not. Are you you sure? get lucky with these pasties. I don't
4: really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sh- Brian shows up to the Super Bowl party with some garlic bread and pasties. I <laughs> heard <laughs> this is how you got lucky, man. This is why I'm here.
5: <laughs> hey, I'm getting lucky today, huh? That's why. <laughs> Let's go.
4: Oh, man. You got a projector screen? I don't know how to go to Tim Carrafano next. I really don't. We'll be right back.
1: Get more at 971talk.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.